We all have a story to tell and we are all stories to be told. A very lovely morning from the Hideout podcast. My name is Omboy and man, it has been such a long time. I think to record my I think two months ago. And here we are. So yeah, I think we've just been taking our time. We were on a break, a bit of a break. In as much as I didn't tell you guys that we were taking a break. But here we are, we are back with a banger. And I have an amazing guest in studio today. So I'm going to let him introduce himself and then I will tell you more about him because oh he really has a story to tell us I will always tell you guys. So karibu sana. Thank you. Thank you. My name is Adrian Yankoviak. I'm a industrial designer by trade and I'm the director of Nairobi Design and um, Nairobi Design Week, the design festival. Yes, thank you so much Adrian for coming through and I am so excited to learn more about design because you know we we just walk around you know looking good and all that we wear these kitengas but you don't even know the inspiration behind it. So today we're going to learn more about what is Nairobi design and Adrian is going to tell us more and he's we are going to start with maybe Adrian just you can tell us a bit about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yes, and maybe what inspired you to come to Kenya and also to start Nairobi Design? So maybe we can start with uh, where is Adrian from? Sure. So I'm. Uh, I was born in Poland mm-hmm. and uh, moved to the UK as a kid. So I was brought up. I had uh, my parent. My mother's side of the family was from Warsaw. My dad's was from Poznań in Poland, mm-hmm. and then my mum moved to the UK. And I stayed with my grandma for a few years, and then moved to the UK and uh, did primary school there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so it was always about kind of trying to discover the and learn who you are while not really necessarily understanding the foreign language, which mm-hmm. was a barrier at first. I think I picked it up pretty quickly, and and it was always kind of then getting me to shut up afterwards i think and, mm. and stop telling those stories even in class yeah um so yeah I, I went to school in the uk did university in the uk and always have had this thing for wanting to get out mm-hmm. um, more and it was nothing against the uk because i love london and i think it's an amazing place with each place has its own peculiarities mm-hmm. um and i think it was a good time for me to to keep discovering the world so even when i was at university studying industrial design i really wanted to keep traveling and keep designing around the world that kind of um i've i've heard there was a, a Uh, an interview a podcast with Debbie Millman and Tim Ferriss and they were talking about non-negotiables she said hers was staying in in Manhattan mm-hmm. and mine was kind of getting out and and traveling and design so my non-negotiable was really combining travel and design and then it uh, became much more i think keep discovering and learning about the world where however that travel comes mm-hmm. um and and creating as well because i i see design as one of the things that I love doing but I also just love creating other things as well. Mm-hmm. So I studied industrial design like I said. Maybe 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 just a question what is mm. industrial design? Sure. Mm-hmm. So industrial design um is is really a field that's maybe been around for let's say 150 years. Mm-hmm. It's design for industry. Mm-hmm. It's actually a lot of people might assume it's designing the machinery mm-hmm. it's not very often that um it's it's though you might design molds and machinery and however you specialize of course mm-hmm. but really it's the products 
that are designed and manufactured by industry, mm -hmm. often mass manufactured products such mm -hmm. as everything that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. So I kind of discovered this as as product design. I remember I was in the school library and looking at a careers book. I was probably 15 mm -hmm. and um, and saw product design in there. And it said, oh, these people design all the objects and the surroundings that we have. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do. Mm -hmm. And I was lucky enough that I had design and technology at school. So mm -hmm. I was making furniture and lights when I was, you know, mm -hmm. um, in my teenage years and that kind of developed so I always used to take things apart break things or mm -hmm. be model making as a kid mm -hmm. um, a large part thanks to my granddad and quite a creative family so he also made cardboard models he was an engineer and, and did a lot of that so um, yeah so industrial design really is is how uh, how we design our environment not interior design or architecture those are kind of maybe on different scales mm -hmm. um industrial design is really the products that we use and uh, interact with on a daily basis oh the um, products that we use and interact with on a daily basis so maybe just a question because in the process of you wanting the non-negotiable mm. so how did you now move from uk now to kenya because i mean maybe there is a story behind that yeah so how mm -hmm. did you now move from from uk to kenya and how did you settle in kenya yeah, so so really, on on that note of industrial design, mm -hmm. industrial design these days encompasses much more as well. It's systems and services design. It's understanding how people live. Mm -hmm. And something that really interested me at university was mm -hmm. design thinking and human-centered design. And that's all about how uh, we observe others mm -hmm. and different methodologies for finding out what people's problems are and trying to deal with those we call them wicked problems sometimes, very difficult, complicated problems, such as trying to solve access to sanitation or um, prevent sexual harassment. Or These are all problems that designers are working on mm. these days. Mm -hmm. So when I saw the combination of, of design thinking and service design, that really inspired me. Mm -hmm. So when I was at university, I designed a uh, service that, that would help uh, soldiers... Uh, recover and from post-traumatic stress disorder mm -hmm. but the key thing was of course talking to the soldiers I got to have experience of knowing quite a few soldiers in my past so I had personal relationships that I could open up and get some insights from them and and understand how we might even prevent post-traumatic stress disorder before they go to the theater of war mm -hmm. so this sort of project really inspired me to understand that um, that I, I wanted to do design, yes, and I still love product design. I love making stuff and prototyping and workshops, which is still something I do to this day. Mm -hmm. I also knew that design can solve deeper problems rather than just the aesthetic ones. Mm -hmm. So that's what I wanted to do, and that's where all my energy was going towards improving at that, doing courses in that. Well, I was in my full-time job in the UK. Mm -hmm. I was working in a company called Reckitt, uh, now called Reckitt, used to be Reckitt Benkiza. They f do fast-moving consumer goods. Mm -hmm. So kind of a competitor to Unilever. Mm -hmm. I worked on in new technologies, mm -hmm. um, gathering insights, both technological or consumer insights. Mm -hmm. So either understanding that, oh, you might want a particular smell when you're in a particular mood mm -hmm. or the technology might be, oh, we found this cool thing that does something. Maybe we can 
um, use this technology to create, for example, an air freshener. Mm -hmm. So I was working in that kind of meeting point between the two mm -hmm. across, uh, yeah, Airwick, um, Strepsils, Durex, Dettol, Neurofen, Clearasil, uh, Vanish, Finish, mm -hmm. and a bunch of other brands. So mm -hmm. I got to work with a lot of amazing people lots of chemists and engineers mm -hmm. and got to learn a lot about project management and about how things work in industry. Um, and then when they renamed and closed that department, I thought it was a good time for me to leave. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I knew that the World Cup in Brazil was coming up. Oh, the World <laughs> Cup in Brazil. <laughs> uh -huh. So I knew one non-negotiable for me at the time was mm -hmm. that if I do accept a new job, um, I, it's going to have to factor in six weeks for me to go to Brazil. Unpaid, I didn't care, but I needed that time. I'd promised myself years earlier when they announced it. Mm -hmm. It was like a dream trip, you know. Mm -hmm. The previous World Cup in Brazil was in the 50s, mm -hmm. and so the next one might be in the, in the 2050s. Yeah, 2050s. So, uh -huh. I, so I wanted to make sure I go in my 20s when it was possible as well. Mm -hmm. And maybe when I'm in my 80s, I'll go as well, let's yeah, see. Yeah, true. The, the <laughs> one in 2050 now. <laughs> exactly. Uh -huh. So um, I knew when I was talking to my managers at the former job, mm -hmm. I had to be honest and say, you know, you're looking at relocating me to Thailand or to New Jersey. Mm -hmm. But within a year and a half, I'm going to need six weeks off. And I'm going to want to go to Brazil. And... I'm, I'm, you know, when a company relocates, you have to take the job for at least two years, mm -hmm. right? I knew that probably wouldn't be the case. I knew my time was kind of, it was a really good place to close as well, the chapter. Mm -hmm. And as much as my, my, all my bosses, my managers were fantastic about it. I really kind of also wanted to stay because of all the opportunities it provides. Mm -hmm. I decided to just go off, off into the world, do consulting, um, we laugh in design when we say we're freelancing, it means you're unemployed. Maybe so just a question. <laughs> how do you know when you're coming to an end? Rather, how do you know when you're coming to an end of a chapter? I don't know. I think that is a very tricky question. But how do you know when you're coming to an end of a chapter? So, yeah, with those conversations, I mean, I had, and I literally have a visa to Indonesia and in my passport that was never used because I was supposed to go on a trip. Mm-hmm. Um, with with my new team mm -hmm. and and my boss was happy for me to go but in the end it couldn't happen because of the paperwork the formalities mm -hmm. so it was always kind of like the the month that you have to decide whether you're taking your redundancy or what you're doing mm -hmm. it's a lot of conversations I think with mm -hmm. with my friends mm -hmm. I think one conversation sticks out in my mind now I think about it with a, a former colleague mm -hmm. and I remember kind of explaining some of these things and she just said you know a job is better than no job and I said to myself well that's where you don't know me mm -hmm. right that's where we differ for you a job is better than no job mm -hmm. for me no job is better is, than th is better, better than, than having a, a job <laughs> than a job that I I have to do right mm -hmm. and I loved like I said I loved that job but I knew at some stage I wanted to to leave mm -hmm. um while also having the door open in the future, and that could be many years from now, but yeah. also having those relationships, right? So you want to leave in the right way. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people um, don't manage that 
right? It's very difficult sometimes to mm. do that last month or last week, but it does leave an impression. Yeah. And I, I feel like I still have very good relationships with, with all my colleagues from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I just knew that I needed to push myself towards those objectives of mine that were maybe quite vague, but mm-hmm. it was I wanted to design for impact, mm-hmm. for something that actually kind of solves problems and perhaps helps people's lives. Mm-hmm. And And to do that, I had to and wanted to travel around the world, wanted to discover something new, mm-hmm. understand places and cultures I'd never been to. That mm-hmm. was always my objective. Mm-hmm. When I was at university, I did everything I could to do an internship abroad, and I ended up in India mm-hmm. designing wooden toys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in, in Bangalore, and Chanapatna was the village where we were designing these wooden toys, mm-hmm. which is... You know, those skills have been there for a hundred years or more. Mm-hmm. And they they were working this NGO with, with artisans to try and create new products. Mm-hmm. And really that's something I, I enjoy until this day is working with uh, local manufacturing methods mm-hmm. and people who understand those methods and have been using them for a very long time. And they may just need some sort of um, uh, um, inspiration of what kind of new products can we build. Right, and that's where I enjoy coming in as a product designer, seeing mm-hmm. what's around and how can this material, this method that you're using so precisely and intricately, mm-hmm. how can we utilize that for products that even more people will want? So, yeah. mm-hmm. and even the ones that will also help other people, because I saw the one that you were showing me, the one for for the the, the one that the kids were playing with, because I think it also helps them to count the numbers. So, in as much as it's also fun for them to play with. It also helps them to, you know, like educational purposes, that is. Oh, I also like, I, I liked that. So how did you end up in Kenya yes. after, you know, working, <laughs> talking about talking about you wanting to, you know, change your environment now with your colleagues? So how did you end up in Kenya? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that, I promise. Oh, okay. I see stories, I'm sorry, I'm right? taking there's, you fast. There's like three, <laughs> three stories that connect uh-huh. to that one, right? Yes, please. So I, I, I left um, that job mm-hmm. and, and knew I wanted to do that sort of thing and kept looking and kept looking and eventually I um, wrote on Twitter to an idol of mine uh, Paul Pollack mm-hmm. uh, he's an author he was an author and uh, one of the kind of real founders of social entrepreneurship in the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. meaning uh, he was like okay well we should listen to people what people need and then we might learn how to help them rather than charity all the mm-hmm. time yeah, and, and that really inspired me reading his book Out of Poverty, and then he had another one, and and um, you know that that was the principle. It was to listen to people, mm-hmm. and so I offered my time. He was looking for an assistant at the time. I couldn't be that assistant because of the time differences. Mm-hmm. I was in the UK. He was in Denver. So I offered my time in other ways and they came back to me very soon and said, well, if you could design a brand identity mm-hmm. and the website for Paul, that would mm-hmm. be great. And I took it and and that was, I, I offered my time and um, did that. And the website is still up at paulpollack.com. Mm-hmm. Paul unfortunately passed away a few years ago. So you didn't get the opportunity that you wanted to be an assistant, but you got something else to I, work for them. We dis- we had a call and decided that I didn't want to be the assistant mm-hmm. because it, all the things that it required, I you know would have had to be at four up at four a.m. every morning. Ah, okay. So I found another way to try and offer my time Mm -hmm. that would still give value that was my way of finding value to give him. 
Great. And it just so aligned that they needed a new website, mm-hmm. needed that brand identity. He was just uh, publishing a new book as well. So it kind of worked out really well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just speculative. I tweeted or wrote on Twitter or something, got a, got a message back. And from there, we had conversations. Mm-hmm. And I'm so proud, to, so happy that I even got to interact with Paul and you know when when he was coming out of his hospital uh, visit when he was well he had a heart bypass surgery i believe and he's sending videos and so on so mm-hmm. anyway that story you know it helps to just write and and reach out to people mm-hmm. you never know who will reply to you um and the ones who don't may not mean to not reply they may just not not have that click right there right now mm-hmm. in the opportunity yeah um so so paul after I finished that, he asked me where my career, where I'd like to see my career going. I told him about moving around the world and, and design for impact and human-centered design. And mm-hmm. he pointed me to two opportunities. Mm-hmm. One was in Cambodia. The other one was in Kenya with What's Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I interviewed for the Kenya one, got it, and and so... That's how I ended up in Kenya. That is so, how you ended up in Kenya. So you yeah. applied and then you got the opportunity to come to Kenya. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it was a, a hiring process, you mm-hmm. know, as for designers, uh, I got told to, we both did because I had a colleague here from the US as well. We got both got hired. We had to go and, and research uh, mattresses mm-hmm. and then like the mattress buying experience, you know, go to different shops and, and so on. And then... It was funny because after we got hired, we realized that Jeff, the the guy hiring us, was it was another great person. He um, he was the head of product at Casper Mattress mm-hmm. at the time. They were just starting, mm-hmm. you know, and and so he was also very busy. But so he was kind of do, asking us to do th- research from a different. Category because mm-hmm. we came here to do water and sanitation, mm-hmm. and he asked us to do mattress research, which he had so much of already. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps you understand, yeah, how, how we kind of think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you now move from there? How was it like interrupt, I- interacting with Kenyans at that particular moment? Because that was your first time coming to Kenya, and then I, I don't know if they were talking, speaking to you in Swahili, in Kiswahili, or what. But how was it like interacting with Kenya at that? first in the the first times that is yeah Mm -hmm. so um well with nairobi you may you may try to speak kiswahili and then you'll get replied in english or get so let's see yeah um (laughs) Uh uh, absolutely you know what it was always when you move to a new country Mm -hmm. um or a new place you don't know what to expect yeah the culture shock could be sure Mm -hmm. um but i'd lived in india before and Mm -hmm. people said to me if you can survive India, you'd be you fine anywhere, anywhere, right? And, you know, you, you really don't know what to expect, especially a continent you've never been to. Mm-hmm. And, frankly, I landed at the airport and it was so smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, oh, well, it's not loud. There's, there's Like, everything's in its place. Kind of, like, uh, really, Kenya is not so much of a sh- culture shock, I think, mm-hmm. uh, for me, never was. Um, of course, there are things that... You learn along the way about cultures and so on. But I think I've, I've always compared actually a few East African cultures, Ugandan included, to mm-hmm. Polish culture, where I'm from, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it's very hospitable mm-hmm. it's kind of open mm-hmm. um love food love hosting people mm-hmm. in uganda it's even kind of shared like pork and cabbage that's what we eat in poland mm-hmm. so there's a lot of commonalities i found yeah um so so actually it's been great i think kenya is an amazing place to live and a lot of foreigners coming mm-hmm. into kenya seem to appreciate that it's a place that can let you kind of flow mm-hmm. um and has a lot of creativity mm-hmm. when i first came to kenya that's the first thing that struck me mm-hmm. um how many creatives and i probably met hundreds of people in my first week or two here i mm-hmm. had friends who took me out and about and got me to meet people and mm-hmm. that was f- formative i think so i'm grateful for that mm-hmm. so even that you know the the way I I arrived in Kenya and got to meet people on my first morning in Kenya. Mm-hmm. It just kind of went from there. Mm-hmm. Um and then having conversations with people, mm-hmm. trying to understand like oh people telling me, well, I'd like I'd like to show my family and friends that you don't have to be a doctor or a lawyer. You can be a professional creative. And that's something you can be successful with. And now that mm-hmm. seems as a you can be a creator and mm-hmm. it seems maybe much more obvious than it did 9 10 years ago to people mm-hmm. that you can actually be a professional creative or a creator mm-hmm. um and i i saw a lot of people either wanting to be in the industry mm-hmm. um and and what what really struck me was when i was in the field mm-hmm. doing work and and interviewing people was mm-hmm this work really should be done by kenyans and mm-hmm. kenyans are the experts on the culture the language and the system and everything else mm-hmm. and i i wanted to ensure that there would be more kenyans who could solve kenyan problems rather than always trying to import mm-hmm. solutions mm-hmm. so that's where the idea for for nairobi design nairobi design came in started, yeah mm-hmm. so how did you now move with the idea now because this is a new place you now have this idea so how do you now implement the idea on the ground now because you now have to you know to associate and interact with kenyans now so how did you now make the implement the idea mm. yeah um lots of naivety mm-hmm. right you go in and and have conversations with people trying mm-hmm. to understand what the the market needs in a lot of cases people might tell you what they need sometimes they think they know what they need you know mm-hmm. it's it's better to try and understand insights around what people's problem is mm-hmm. rather than providing solutions straight away mm-hmm. so for us uh, a large part of the first few years definitely was trying to understand where can we contribute what is our value to mm-hmm. the industry mm-hmm. and what are we good at as well you mm-hmm. know i started as a industrial designer and now i'm a festival director mm-hmm. uh so those are it seems similar but it's actually very different right mm-hmm. so you kind of have to train yourself on that as well on what does it take to to run a festival or a design consultancy and an agency mm-hmm. um so i think we I've tried to help people when people come to us we try to figure out is this something that we can advise on where where can we fit this in mm-hmm. um and then with time it's kind of become more and more well um we understand oh someone's come to us for this before mm-hmm. maybe this becomes a service that we provide mm-hmm. if someone's asked us for for this and we've done it well this is something we can do and we can offer mm-hmm. so you kind of start plugging those things mm-hmm. um and yeah and 
it, it was kind of set up as a design festival initially because mm-hmm. I knew that there needed to kind of be a marker, mm-hmm. a point in the year. It gives you a timeline to work towards because otherwise, when does something launch? Mm-hmm. What is that thing? At least it gives people a time and a place to meet mm-hmm. uh, and interact. And it's something that you can measure. And now, you know, with eight of them behind us, now we can actually say, oh, these, this is where what the story is mm-hmm. and, and how we've been telling that story and how we've been improving every year. Mm-hmm. Um, and something I heard at a design festival uh, around the world from another festival director was that keep keep the 80% that works mm-hmm. and that, or the 90% and then adjust and tweak that. 10 20% that you want to build upon. Mm-hmm. So we knew so, so for example in the first year we had like five themes um when when was that the first 2015. year 2015. Mhm. Also the first uh Nairobi Design Week festival was in 2015. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how was that how like how did you do your marketing first of all? So like yes how did you do your marketing first because this was something new. That people didn't know about. So how did how did your marketing go by? Mm. Mm-hmm. So marketing that first one. Wow. I mean, it was many months of conversations mm-hmm. with many people, mm-hmm. and some of those partnerships worked out. Some events we wanted to do didn't work out. That mm-hmm. we, you know, it it kind of was like trying to throw a, lo- a load of things and seeing what sticks mm-hmm. in terms of workshops and talks and panels and uh, discovering some of the partners that was some of whom we work with to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, so so. The first one, I think we had 10 or 12 different venues around the city. Mm-hmm. So we really wanted to, people to feel like there's, you know, if they're coming to something, they can experience different parts of design and mm-hmm. uncover design in, in its different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, like I said, lots of different venues. Mm-hmm. Um, what that, that helped us reach a lot of people. Mm-hmm. University of Nairobi, the mm-hmm. ADD, they actually shut lectures, kind of paused for a day and told the lecturers and their students to sign into ours mm-hmm. because we had like 10 or 12 different rooms there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had over 600 students just at that one thing. Mm-hmm. So the first one was definitely large by numbers mm-hmm. because a lot of people attended different parts of the city. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a few billboards and stuff here and there. But, I, 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 you know, it takes time to build up um, something where people return to it and they realize, oh, this is happening again. Oh, actually, okay, now it's happened. And, oh, yeah. and to start believing in that. I remember the first, mm-hmm. uh, when I walked in, um, it was, oh, well, how, you know, that, that probably fits people thought, how do we know, know this is going to be around mm-hmm. in the future? Why would we partner mm-hmm. or invest if we don't know this is going to exist? Mm-hmm. And I think... In my mind, it was always clear this thing's going to exist. Mm-hmm. And that was something that I knew. Mm-hmm. And now it was just making it happen. And now we can actually say we've done these things. Mm-hmm. We've evolved. Like I said, the theme in the first year was kind of five themes, different words. We quickly realized we wanted a theme mm-hmm. that people could gather around. Mm-hmm. The 2016 was artisans and startups. 2017 we actually moved to 2018 in march so we moved from november to march and that's how we've stuck Mm -hmm. so 2018 was resource and community 2019 was culture and heritage Mm -hmm. and then 
those themes were interesting, but I always knew that we wanted the theme to be more about life and design and how it applies to you. Mm-hmm. And we want people to resonate with that theme straight away. Mm-hmm. So around that 2019 time, first 2018-19, we did National Theatre. 19, we did the museum and other venues as well. Mm-hmm. We knew we wanted a hub venue, a kind of public space that people could gather around mm-hmm. and we could do a lot of things out of that. So that's kind of something that, we, we went to doing these hub venues, mm-hmm. and that's what we've done until even this year. Mm-hmm. And now for next year, we're expanding again to incorporate more places around the city mm-hmm. so that people can, again, attend different experiences. So so from 2020, uh, the theme was Design is for Everyone. Mm-hmm. And we were our day six was the day of the COVID lockdown. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like the last thing to to close we didn't even do day seven we basically had a music video to record we were all already people were wearing masks before then mm-hmm. um so then 2021 was uh together mm-hmm. we were all in lockdown and that was an online one that yeah. we pre-recorded 2022 was where we live starting with our minds and bodies and wh- our communities and our planet mm-hmm. this year 2023 it's what we make it Mm -hmm. about again now we're starting we're hoping that these are kind of self-explanatory and it is what what's there to you Mm -hmm. and 2024 next year is going to be we got this oh we got this so you're really planned for next year yeah i like that so like now this year now when you compare to, to to the recent years how like maybe you can tell us the progress what do you think about the future of the future of creativity in kenya per se yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. I, obviously, the the industry has evolved a lot. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. The yeah. first thing I say is it's great to see young people taking it into their own hands mm-hmm. because that's what it is. The, a lot of these, like uh, Nairobi Apparel District, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't have existed ten years ago, but mm-hmm. they do now because of people perseverance and all all these other brands as well that people are coming up with. Um, so so really something I've seen is digitally mm-hmm. all you need is a laptop or a mo- even a mobile phone because I've seen illustrators using their finger and a mobile phone to create things that you'd be amazed by. Mm-hmm. Um, so because we have that, you can digitally create anywhere for online. So mm-hmm. that's been a big step. Bring into that that we have big players that have realized that Nairobi is a global design capital. Mm-hmm. Um and design thinking what i came here to do is at its peak in nairobi mm-hmm. ido.org have an office here mm-hmm. um dalberg design and so on we have microsoft who are hiring some of the top talent as well in mm-hmm. digital and beyond as well human-centered design and so on so that's been a, a really big thing mm-hmm. um and because a lot of people are now more keen on exploring their culture their local materials what's been possible through our ancestors and what we can relearn from mm-hmm. this is really an exciting time again to be working with local manufacturing local artisans mm-hmm. uh, what are the the materials and the things that we we should be learning from that we've kind of missed maybe for the last generation or 100 years or however long mm-hmm. um and what can we bring back that that really brings us value and that can uh, create for for the future now mm-hmm. right learning from our past to create the future yeah so maybe maybe can someone come to you as an individual or do they have to come as a group yeah absolutely individuals 
we like to have you know every wednesday we have community slots mm. so if you if you write to us we try to put you into a community slot so we can have a personal conversation for 30 minutes so mm-hmm. if you've got questions about anything mm-hmm. we're always open um also uh people yeah people come to us from all sorts so some people have a brand or a business that mm. they'd like to develop mm-hmm. we um do a lot of creative strategy mm-hmm. one thing i love doing with people um is is sitting down and having you talk you're the expert mm. right mm-hmm. i can be naive and i can listen and i can take notes and help you structure those thoughts right mm-hmm. i tend to draw lots of boxes lots of clouds arrows and things like that So if you're if you're uncertain about a particular strategy that you, you it may be personal it may be professional mm-hmm. that can help you formulate your thoughts and mm-hmm. I try to always say that I use structure and empathy as the key kind of key two terms for my for what I do mm-hmm. it's about having the empathy and trying to create structures mm-hmm. whether through the design or through Nairobi Design Week uh for people to create programs so mm-hmm. um through the festival we have physical and digital exhibitors and physical and digital activations that mm-hmm. people can sign up as collectives as individuals mm-hmm. you may have launched your first products you may still be thinking about it mm-hmm. there may be concepts you want to express again it's really broad because we work with musicians and and photographers mm-hmm. and really as broad as the creative industry gets mm-hmm. um and and what we try to do as well is create those spaces for people to be able to discuss these things um so you know we do twitter spaces and have online and physical meetups and and for a piece of advice that i often give to people is kind of to think um if you're having ideas then try to throw those ideas imagine your your in a VR headset and you an idea is a box you throw that idea in front of you mm-hmm. then you have another idea in future mm-hmm. you know it's somewhere that you know these ideas are there ready for you mm-hmm. then i have another idea that oh maybe i've met this person and now i've seen this funding opportunity mm-hmm. and i've seen this technology mm-hmm. now i've got this bigger box mm-hmm. and now i can create an idea out of that and maybe i can create a program for myself mm-hmm. that helps me create that idea mm-hmm. right or apply for funding or find the right partners and mm-hmm. keep growing it and eventually it will come mm-hmm. so yeah we try to help people in that as well like what how how are you structuring yourself as a professional creative mm-hmm. where would you like to go and what kind of steps can you take to to do that mm-hmm. yeah maybe just uh, and it's actually beautiful that you you are creating that platform for people because you know maybe some people might be wondering now where i have this you know i have this idea but where am i going to take this idea to so maybe just a question how do you handle rejection maybe when you're trying to you know when you're trying to to get that partnership with you know maybe an organization an ngo so how do you as adrian deal with that rejection when it comes to work related mm. yeah I, it's funny because we didn't discuss this before we talked but yeah. I did take some I, w- I was taking some notes and one of the um things I I wrote on was failure but I think rejections another a good way to put it so I remember um, one of the first thing I remember being rejected from mm-hmm. is I applied for a master's degree mm-hmm. um at a particular school mm-hmm. really well renowned school in design after I'd graduated when I was doing my first graduate job and 
went there for the open day i didn't even get an interview mm-hmm. <laughs> and i was i'd yeah. spent 100 hours redoing my portfolio working really hard mm-hmm. still paid off because i still used that portfolio and it improved and grew me mm-hmm. and actually um that school ended up coming for a nairobi design week they so, did yeah <laughs> for a workshop so uh-huh. it, it felt kind of really good mm-hmm. that I, and some of the the lecturers there mm-hmm. were people who i would have probably been studying with but i didn't get in sure. and then my my path took a different way mm-hmm. right and so that's something to to say that re- rejection and and failure we have to embrace it and we shouldn't have any regrets mm-hmm. right um and when it comes to rejection i think you get used to it mm-hmm. you you just kind of plow on and it just like ah, uh, okay you just keep going you know yeah. you it doesn't really rub off on you personally mm-hmm. um something that i've learned throughout my career is you, to be an effective designer you can't get attached to your ideas mm-hmm. um people are probably hopefully giving you feedback based on the idea not based on how they're judging you mm-hmm. so and if you if you're working well together right mm-hmm. so so really um you 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 want to share as many ideas as possible mm-hmm. and sometimes you keep them to yourself not because it's a secret but because you don't want to like now i know i can't say everything into the world because not everything's going to happen and people might be disappointed right mm-hmm. but i i will share ideas with the team or when they're ready etc mm-hmm. but yeah in terms of rejection you just learn to take the feedback hopefully you get feedback if not it's no you think about it you process what could i have done better mm-hmm. you realize that um the next one is always better mm-hmm. i say that with with a lot of things in life and mm-hmm. the job is is number one it mm-hmm. could work for you with relationships or cars or whatever but the next sure. one is always better mm-hmm. right yeah. so don't get yourself down about it mm-hmm. keep working on where, where you want to be going mm-hmm. and just as you know i got rejected for um uh, jobs before i got the one in kenya mm-hmm. i applied for many jobs when i was applying for the one in india i have a spreadsheet to this day that's got hundreds of emails that i sent mm-hmm. and never got anything else eventually got that india one that's formula like formulative for me mm-hmm. formative and then and then the same thing with kenya if i hadn't if i had gotten the job at lego or at hasbro or any of the others mm-hmm. um or if i had taken that job offer to design smartphones in china mm-hmm. but it was not quite the right timing mm-hmm. i wouldn't be here yeah so that kind of every single day that keeps forming your journey and if you get rejected for something something else will come along something else will come along i think you've also reminded me of this one time i think i applied for it was a it was a i can't really remember but it was something to do with podcast mm. and it was a very big organization i think they wanted a podcast or something and i didn't even get an email you know to tell me maybe i didn't i didn't succeed to get the the internship or whatever and i was like i think i deserved an email though you know even the one that you know we are sorry we couldn't you know just a feedback from their side and i think i felt so bad and they kept wondering like how do people you know how do people handle rejection when it comes to work relating issues and thank you so much for that adrian so I loved something that you said uh, before when we were outside, we were talking. You said something about path taking different routes and then mm-hmm. you, you notice that, you know, maybe things are just aligning like the way I had not planned for this, but the way that things have already aligned, like I think I love 
I love how things have aligned at this particular moment. So maybe maybe you can just share what you told me out there because it was because it really it really made me think of how many times we think that you know we think that maybe you know I, I, like I was in school I went to journalism school I thought I'll be a journalist by, by at this particular moment and here I am doing a podcast I'm using the journalistic skills that I had in school the ones that I learned in school I am using them now in this content creation space so I think things just align in a way in as much as you know you didn't plan for it but things just align in a way and they just lead you to your purpose that is Yeah, something I like to always consider and say is that um nothing we learn is useless to us, mm-hmm. right? First of all, I like to say that's another story, but that I, I think I can learn something valuable to me from anyone mm-hmm. on this planet. Yes. Right? And in in that same vein of thought, everything you learn is going to bring you some value somewhere along the line you may not even realize it yet. Mm-hmm. An example of mm, Mine was, you know, I enjoyed chemistry at school. I'm not sure the teacher enjoyed me being in the lesson, <laughs> but, but it was okay. I got uh-huh. past. But then you, you know, you graduating with a peop with a bunch of people who are doing medical degrees and pharmaceutical and so on. Yeah. And you're like, well, I'm never gonna need that, right? Mm-hmm. And then my first graduate job is working for a giant company where everyone's a chemical engineer wow. and has pharmaceuticals has other consumer products mm-hmm. and suddenly I'm having to remember all this terminology from my mm-hmm. GCSE True. chemistry mm-hmm. and I'm like I'm glad at least I got what I got mm-hmm. because I I'm getting this stuff. Yeah, because imagine if you hadn't gone to, go, gone to a chemistry class now, you would have been blank the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you never know, that, you know, you might pick up something from a video game and then like it will it will teach you something mm-hmm. about life or about something technical, you never know. Um so so yeah, definitely I see it as as well s- some some you know, these paths lead us and yeah, you may you kind of reach points and maybe we know it at the time maybe we don't know it mm-hmm. but that path kind of goes this way mm-hmm. right like i said i could have perhaps gone to another country mm-hmm. and not done what i'm doing now and i'm very grateful for for what i am able to do and mm-hmm. where i am because i think it's worked out the better than you can hope sometimes right mm-hmm. um so so yeah what mm, was there a thing to nudge me on Mm. No, I think too it was more of you know you just uh telling us more on you know that I think I liked uh, I I liked the fact that you say that uh sometimes we we think that this is the path that you're going to take and then you find that life kind of takes you in another different route. And then you realize in the process that oh okay, seems like I'm I'm really loving this route. Maybe you know, maybe it's not the same way I would have enjoyed that route, but I'm loving this route that I'm on right now. So maybe just uh maybe just a question uh what do you think about Nairobi design in, you know, few years from now? What mm. where do you see Nairobi design? Mm. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, so one thing to say is we did so initially we called ourselves Nairobi Design Week, mm-hmm. you know, and and that's still there mm-hmm. and because of how we've kind of understood now the sort of things we do mm-hmm. we still call the festival Nairobi Design Week because yes. a lot of global cities have a design week mm-hmm. um and we call ourselves Nairobi Design because we do other things as well mm-hmm. right so obviously we have the podcast Africa Design right yes. or Africa with a K um and and we do the consultancy the agency stuff so people approach us 
Uh, a lot of the time, maybe a community. Mm-hmm. They would like to learn some of the things that we've picked up as a community, mm-hmm. right? Um, we love now to be able to provide a platform as well and work with other events and show- cultural showcases in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, we really realize that for, you know, I've grown up in capital cities, mm-hmm. Warsaw, London, I'm in Nairobi. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that. A lot of the time, the capital cities get the cultural limelight, mm-hmm. get a lot of the funding, get mm-hmm. a lot of uh, whatever attention there is. Mm-hmm. And we really want to be able to use Nairobi as a platform to showcase things from around Kenya mm-hmm. and send people to other places in Kenya. Mm-hmm. So we're definitely looking uh, to partner with more uh, festivals and events that take place around Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 uh, for example, currently we're working with Kibera Fashion Week very closely, yes. which is happening on 14th of October. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the second one uh, as well. We're, we're working on other events and partnerships around Kenya. So that's really important for us going into the future. Mm-hmm. We also are really keen. We're on the board of World Design Weeks, mm-hmm. which is a membership organization, 40 plus members from around the world. Mm-hmm. We're the only African one. On, as a member, we're the only African board member. Oh, we're nice. really determined to bring on more African design weeks, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of great stuff happening. So we're really always open to talking to other design weeks globally and, of course, uh, on the continent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so more collaborations that are pan-African, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. And then now that we kind of really understood where we are, we have a festival that is a kind of culmination Mm-hmm. The festival's developing and, and we're trying to tweak um, that, that 10, 20% that I, I was told by that festival director in the past. Just keep improving, um, keep what works, keep improving the other things and, and develop that. And always for us, the key word has been community mm-hmm. since day one. Mm-hmm. Everything we do is how can we be better for the community? Mm-hmm. So a lot of the decisions we make, a lot of the things we focus on are about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also very excited to showcase what we can do creatively because we also design exhibits, installations mm-hmm. and experiences. In fact, we kind of, our, our thing now is designing experiences because mm-hmm. we know that experience could be either a website or an event or an installation mm-hmm. or a product. Uh, so we've done furniture design Mm -hmm. currently i'm designing an installation for venice design week because Mm -hmm. i've got something called synesthesia Mm -hmm. and the venice design week theme yes i was trying to remember that name maybe you can just tell us what is uh, what is that (laughs) (laughs) it's hard for me guys sorry guys maybe adrian will just repeat the word yeah so synesthesia is Uh a a neurological phenomena Mm -hmm. um some people might call it a condition but really most people who have it are very positive about it. There's not much negativity, mm-hmm. most. So it's where your senses connect and interact. So, for example, I have something called grapheme color synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Graphing, grapheme being words and letters. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have number synesthesia. So numbers, words, letters, I can see in color. Um I'll explain that a bit. And and music as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- I first discovered this when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I watched a documentary that said, uh, oh, and some children 
get to when they see numbers and letters they see color and i'm like what do you mean some children i <laughs> thought that's what we all do like oh so you thought that is of what course, people see <laughs> always okay that is a good one uh-huh. so i always thought everyone has this because mm-hmm. i always saw letters and numbers and colors so whenever i see my name or your name or whatever other words an example that is show media there mm. so like do you see them as colors so i've now seen the logo right Oh, so okay. that that's also if you told me trio media in my mind i would picture something and then i would see the logo and it might be different to what i'm picturing uh, okay, but yeah. my, i know one boy is green is a green word for me always green is for right. elegance by the way guys ciao um Ad- adrian a is red d is dark blue r is as red again but different to a n is orange so my name is very orangey red with a bit of blue in it which maybe is a reflection of um i don't know right um the, the, so so different words it does happen where someone will give me a an assignment and say oh i need a logo or something an identity mm-hmm. and they may not have a particular color scheme mm-hmm. that's fixed mm-hmm. in that case i will definitely be consulting my synesthesia because already i'll probably have <laughs> yes. some sort of a color scheme in mind mm-hmm. and then i will think oh does this actually work right sometimes because you're working to a brief of course you have to work towards the client's brief mm-hmm. but when you can be more artistic or when you're doing something for yourself it really lets you express that mm-hmm. um so currently i'm i'm working with nicola kini she's an installation designer mm-hmm. and we're creating a journey through the senses mm-hmm. installation uh which will be representing how i experience music to color synesthesia mm-hmm. so for example when i hear a really low note mm-hmm. i see dark blues and purples when i'm listening to dubstep it's a lot of that mm-hmm. when i'm listening to classical music it's much more organic the violins are yellow and red with sometimes greens mm-hmm. it kind of the the notes might stay the same but because so much is happening in music it's kind of like fireworks you know mm-hmm. um of of colors and things patterns so mm-hmm. this installation is going to let people interact and it's a projection so you can wave in front of the projector and it will project a color of particles that represent the note so f- high notes at the top oh. low notes at the bottom so like you kind of wave you wave and it uncovers a particle n- a note of oh, that so, okay yeah mm-hmm. depending where you are on the canvas it will be different notes mm-hmm. yeah so where is the music coming from at that particular moment so the music only appears when when you release you know when you wave your hand ah uh, okay yeah. oh, so the way i'll be waving my hand in your okay so there's a high note like boom boom mm-hmm. boom boom boom, boom. Mm-hmm. right and then when you oh, 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 okay, so you're kind of moving your hand up and down and then there are and those colors now exactly and the colors exactly and the colors yeah. are shown corresponding to what how i interpret those notes so that is still in progress or that's nearly complete and it will be launching at venice design week on the 7th to 15th of october 15th so of october next week next week. week next week yeah because yeah because i saw that you guys have an yeah. event i think from 9th to 17th of october march so we have oh i can we have lots of again oh, we're all about community oh, so 7th of october is mm-hmm. the refugee fashion challenge mm-hmm. refugee are a great organization who work with refugee women and girls mm-hmm. and their kids Oop. sorry um 
to provide safe space, mm-hmm. uh, to provide them with training, to provide them with with education and healthcare and so on, mm-hmm. and then they can get resettled from there. Mm-hmm. So they're doing an event on the seventh. Mm-hmm. Kibera Fashion Week is on the fourteenth of oh, October. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the one. So Kibera Fashion Week, highly recommend go on the Instagram and see. Last year we did one on the railroad. Mm-hmm. This year it's going to be an Olympic bus terminal, mm-hmm. um, and then. We have a bunch of other stuff culminating mm-hmm. in the 9th to the 17th of March, mm-hmm. 2024. Mm-hmm. And that's Nairobi Design Week 2024. Oh, okay. That's the 9th festival. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much for that. So maybe you've said the one that is launching the, the one for, you know, for using your hands. It's going to, you said it's still in progress. Or it's, it's like we're tweaking now. Oh, you're we're, tweaking we're, now. Yeah, it's, it's almost nearly done. There. Yeah, I've got, uh, I've got basically the whole thing okay. we're just kind of testing it this week mm-hmm. and then taking it out to venice to implement it there okay. and then we'll definitely bring it back to kenya mm-hmm. so people can experience it in kenya as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. Yeah. oh that looks like uh, something good you know people who love art and you know you love art and creativity you can go and try it out and then you see it's going to be fun so maybe maybe what you love about you know being uh be, being being a, a designer and a creative in this century, what do you love about being a designer and a creative in this in this time and day? Mm. I love that the limitation is our tools and imaginations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given a lot of people a lot of opportunity to create stuff. I remember video didn't occur to me as a kid because I didn't think I'd ever be able to own a video camera. Mm. Right? That sounds abstract now. Yeah. But it just seemed so out of reach mm-hmm. right I, I could see photography and from being a kid i've always loved photography mm-hmm. um but th- now it's like uh, everyone can do that so so i love that i love that now more and more the limitation is really what you can think of mm-hmm. um and i it, it just allows us to plug different ideas differently we can make an animation now in in no time compared to many years ago mm-hmm. um what excites me is as well that we can still offer more because actually being a good creative being a good designer is about using the tools and resources available to you mm-hmm. to try and solve those problems so um we're still you know just because ai can generate images mm-hmm. doesn't mean it can replace you it mm-hmm. may it may replace you as a poster designer mm-hmm. in the next few years but it won't replace everything that's going on in your brain mm-hmm. and i like to think a lot i like to write and i like to put these thoughts together in my mind like i said and eventually they click and eventually you're like oh yeah this story someone's told me actually now that makes me understand this part of life better you know mm-hmm. um so i think that what happens in my mind is quite fun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Looks like you have a very creative mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that was supposed to be. I try. You I, try. I, you, you, but you can train it as well. That's important. You can, you actually, can train it as well. Yeah, you can train yourself to be more creative. You know, we usually dismiss as a kid mm-hmm. that, oh, well, I used to draw when I was younger. Well, draw now as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really eye-opening when i'm a synesthete because we we actually have research ongoing so if anyone thinks they might have synesthesia or interested there's a link that you can take a survey because we're doing 
the first academic research on the African continent around mm. synesthesia. Oh, wow. Because there's a lot to find out about how culture impacts you, mm-hmm. how your upbringing and your environment impacts you. Mm-hmm. Because there's there's cultural synesthesia and there's congenital synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway... Um, so well, just maybe just a question on that mm. before you lose your trail of thought. Uh, so like maybe the way that you see colors, uh, maybe maybe the way you said one boy is green. The, maybe another person who also has synesthesia. Synesthesia. Yes, we'll synesthesia. We'll see it totally differently. Or we'll see a different Everyone's color. Everyone's synesthesia is unique. Ah, okay. And there may be some things that are more popular. Mm-hmm. For example, my A is red, B is green, C is yellow, D is blue, mm-hmm. dark blue. So it's like, well, that's kind of the four colors that I may have interacted with the most as a uh, kid. Okay, right? so it's also about your culture and how the, your environment, the way you've said. And that's what we're trying to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone is surrounded by many color, many types of red mm-hmm. and and dust and brown mm-hmm. in their childhood. Mm-hmm. What does their alphabet look like, for example? Oh, okay. Right, and mm-hmm. it will always be different to mine. Mm-hmm. But there may be commonalities, mm-hmm. right? Mm. Okay, that, that that that's very much interesting. So maybe we'll also get to check on your page to get to mm-hmm. find out more about that. Yeah, for sure, we'll be sharing. Yeah, more. so maybe 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 as we wind out, maybe as we wind up. But what do you think about? Uh, maybe what can you tell a parent out there or someone who thinks maybe they're creative but they're not creative enough? For them to start something, you know, for them to start their creative journey. So maybe what is one thing you can tell them? Sure, I wouldn't claim to be be able to give advice to parents. So yeah. Well, that, well done to all the parents out there. First <laughs> they of keep, all, um, they just keep on with the good work. Exactly. Keep on. <laughs> keep on. Um, yeah. I I definitely would say uh, on that synesthesia part. Yeah. Maybe your kid somehow said that. Oh, that I heard the blue note. Or auntie is green. Mm-hmm. Don't freak out about it. Maybe they actually have. You know, Pharrell has synesthesia. Mm-hmm. Many, many famous synesthetes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of encouraging creativity, mm-hmm. the three kind of pillars we have around Nairobi Design Week. And how we like people to engage at the festival is play, grow, and make. So mm-hmm. play, grow, grow, and make. And mm-hmm. each one encourages the others, mm-hmm. right? And play is all about naturally coming to us, right? Mm-hmm. As kids, as adults, we like to play. Sometimes we think we're playing as adults and we maybe we should play more like children. You know, maybe we take play too seriously. Oh, okay. Or maybe we... Um, actually would like to go back to playing something we used to you mm-hmm. know i've been going back to video games recently because mm-hmm. not only does it relax me but mm-hmm. it inspires me it's an art form it's mm-hmm. to me it's one of the purest most incredible culminations of art forms and uh, in terms of storytelling nothing yet has topped it for me mm-hmm. um so so understanding that all of these things in our life again kind of connected right Mm -hmm. i do credit video games with inspiring me in the past Mm -hmm. um so so seeing maybe what those things are Mm -hmm. that you see within yourself as a kid or as an an adult that Mm -hmm. you enjoy doing and trying to spot them Mm -hmm. and that play then encourages of course we're growing all the time Mm -hmm. right but it encourages us to make stuff right mm-hmm. i just often i'll i've got a marker always in my bag but if you give me a piece of packaging i'll turn it into a little bus for you mm-hmm. i'll make a you know let's model make right mm-hmm. um recently we did workshops with the kibera fashion week models and the designers and 
I basically took out lots of packaging and said, right, we're going to design the festival. Mm -hmm. We're going to design the runway and the changing rooms. And now people are thinking with these, and they did it without prompting. People just know how to do this stuff, mm -hmm. right? We all know how to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, because it needs to communicate something to us or to your client if you have to. But mm -hmm. really, it's simple communication that we can all do. So mm -hmm. making translating that into into making however you can however simple mm -hmm. um, and trying new ways of making because sometimes maybe drawings not working for you and actually all you needed was a few bottle caps and now you can arrange you know you're okay. arranging your wedding yeah right? true. and mm -hmm. you're arranging your wedding and you just cut out tables that are 10 by 1 centimeters because the meters 10 by 1 meters and mm -hmm. suddenly you've got a better idea of where everyone fits mm -hmm. or maybe oh you don't want this person sitting out of line of eyesight with this person mm -hmm. right um and that's what you'll start doing you start prototyping and creating so mm -hmm. we're all prototyping every single day mm -hmm. you take a different route on the bus to work mm -hmm. you're prototyping because you're testing oh mm -hmm. will it be shorter will it be longer right last time i put some less masala into into my food mm -hmm. or more or whatever you're testing what this flavor and this version of this recipe is going to come out as right mm -hmm. um so so always always be making and testing and playing and keep that naivety and you know and then it leads to grow because mm -hmm. we grow naturally right mm -hmm. um yeah because we grow naturally yeah thank you so much for that and maybe maybe just where can people find you mm -hmm. and where can people find the nairobi design week sure yeah i have my personal website adrianyankoviak.com mm -hmm. i update some stuff on there whenever i have features and whatever i'm involved in mm -hmm. um and adrianj.ig on instagram mm -hmm. um and then a few others as well and and then at nairobi design underscore on instagram for mm -hmm. nairobi design mm -hmm. um same on twitter mm -hmm. and even if you look yeah nairobi.design that's mm -hmm. our website we mm -hmm. do a lot of stuff on the website we launched it this year there's a lot of opportunities community stuff projects mm -hmm. that people can get involved in or creatives to discover mm -hmm. and that's where you can go as well to find festival information mm -hmm. all of the open calls mm -hmm. um and when the festival is happening that's where you can see the schedule that's where you can see all of the exhibitors who were featured mm -hmm. we always love to list everyone who was involved so nairobi.design and i'm adrian yankovia Thank you so much, Adrian, for that. So maybe as we finish our episode today, I think um, it was oh happy international podcast today. It was it was it was happy international podcast. Yes, to you because you are my fellow podcaster. It was on it was on Saturday. That is September thirtieth, and I think one of the key lessons that I got to you know to take home was uh, someone said that you should just start. You know. Be authentic to your creativity. Be authentic to your voice. Be authentic to your audience. So maybe that is just something to, you know, to all the creatives out there. Just be authentic with your arts, your craft, your creativity, and, you know, your voice. And also be authentic to your audience because they're looking up to you. And they're hoping, you know, to get to learn, to get inspired, and to get entertainment from your creativity and from your art. So that is my takeaway. And, you. yes, thank you so much, Adrian, for coming through. It was such an honor. You said you're you're from Poland, so you are yes. Polish. I'm Polish, yes. How do you say goodbye in your in your in your in your, in your tongue in your mother tongue? Dovidzenia. Dovi. Dovidzenia. Dovidzenia. Hey guys, Kenyans yes. are good at pronunciation. <laughs> Actually, Kenyans are good at Polish pronunciation, much For better than than Brits tend to be. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, so people so don't tend to struggle with my surname too much. 
Oh, people don't struggle to, to, to say your surname. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'll remember that. And do you know do you know Kiswahili? Kidogo. Kidogo. Oh, Kidogo sana. I I'm shy. I understand more than I speak. Okay. And I realize that um I should speak more. Mm-hmm. Um so so that's active effort and I'm telling my friends to t- speak more to me as well just to challenge me because mm-hmm. uh yeah, I think it's important. It's, it's really really important. It's really important. So, nimefry sana umekuja leo. Okay. What have I said? Um I'm very happy that you've come today. Nima? Nimefurahi sana umekuja leo. Furahi sana umekuja leo. I didn't say I didn't hear furahi. No. Yeah, nimefurahi sana umekuja leo. So, thank you so much for coming through. It has been a pleasure having you here. And say hi to David because he was the one who really pushed for this interview and I'm so grateful Thank for you, that. Thank you David. Yes. Yes, and this is how people make connections and you know and interact with other with other people. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely and I'm really grateful for this. I'm glad that we got in touch. Yes. Would love for you to to join as well um on on our podcast you know when we do a recording i would love that yeah. i would love that and i'm i'm hoping i'll get you know i'll get time and, I, and then i'll come for the kibra for the kibra for the kibra yeah. show yeah yes yeah. so yeah. looking forward to that when when is that again the kibra the kibra event uh 14th of october 14th of october yeah. so you guys please go you know check it out on their website on their on also their page that is nairobi design nairobi design week yeah So you can also check it out and then you can get more information about the Kibra the Kibra show. Thank you so much Adrian for coming through. Sema yo you can you can say again what you said about goodbye in your in your tongue in your mother tongue. Dovidzenya. <laughs> Dovidzenya. Thank you so much guys until <laughs> next time. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>